Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg, the prophet, Pietelli, and I recap week 10 in Major League Baseball. We go through our usual business, hot and cold teams, the players of the week, a little bit of Phillies and Red Sox talk, and a bunch of bleacher creatures for you, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We also give our picks for both the U.S. Open and for the World Cup, so you'll definitely want to stick around for that. We go through those at the end. As always, though, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review for us on iTunes. Again, the bullpen cart's what you need to search. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Thunder BLG is where you can find us on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Be sure to check out the blog, thunderblogsports.com, for all of our great coverage there. But enjoy this week's episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. And enjoy. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, with me in his triumphant return to the podcast, my man from Boston, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Doing great on the eve of the of a great sports weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, coming off of last weekend, which was a great sports weekend, uh, fitting to be in a huge series for for the Boston Red Sox, the team in which uh, currently is in first place in the American League East. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, this weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to get to it. The U.S. Open's coming up, but save that for the end. Uh, the World Cup starts tomorrow, so that'll be nice to have in, in the background, but we got some baseball to talk about, and it's you know it's we're getting to the, getting to the middle of June. First round of All Star votings come out, and it's starting to really feel like summer, Greg. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Jordy, what's up? If you had to pick, who would uh, who would you be opening day starter for the National League for the All Star game? Ooh, that's a good good question. I mean, it's got to be Scherzer though, right? I mean, not Sir Anthony. What do the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays start with the uh, setup man? I mean, I don't know about you, but I got a question for you coming down the pipe about uh, the, in my opinion, the greatest uh, Phillies pitcher to ever uh, take the mound for the team. Later on in the pod, obviously, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, well, let's uh, let's start in our usual business: hot and cold teams. Greg, you want to start NL or AL? Let's go nationally. Let's mix it up. I mix it up. Yeah, the nationally going first. The uh, the winners, the future winners of the All Star game. Just throw that out there. Well, it doesn't uh, matter anymore. That's true. It doesn't matter anymore. The American so. League won. The American League won when it mattered. Not a big deal. Yeah, they, I mean, it looked like the National League was never going to win during the uh, <laughs> home field. What was it like? 10, 10 straight years when the home field mattered or the home field was being decided. The the American League won, and the National League finally squeaked one out. Least surprising news I've ever heard. Yeah, like they won like three of like the 15. Uh, but yeah, we'll start the National League. Hot teams. Um, there's really two to choose from, but I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who come into the week eight and two, uh, riding a two game winning streak at the moment. 
Uh, they're catching up to Arizona. Obviously, the Dodgers have had their ups and downs with injuries and, and all that good stuff. Just took two out of three from the Braves in L.A., so that's a, that's pretty important there. They're hosting the Texas Rangers. They won last night, uh, Tuesday night. We are recording this on Wednesday, if you couldn't tell already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're they're really starting to get their stride. They're getting guys back from the DL. Um so I think uh, I think they're on the the right track, and this this long season is uh you know as as everything's shaking out and getting going. I love it. Um, I mean, obviously you uh, you want me to say the Diamondbacks here, which is why you went with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, being the Diamondbacks, uh, also unbelievable tear as of late. Yes. Um, but I'm gonna surprise you here, Jordy. All right, hit it with me. Now I know they lost three of the last four. But I'm going to go with the Cubs. Okay. Because before that, they had won, uh, I believe it was 9 of 10. Yep. Coming in before the last four, um, which essentially has put them back into that second place in the Central. Only it should have been 8 of 10. But... What? No, I was making a Phillies comment. <laughs> should have been yeah, 8 of 10. Phillies... They had a walk-off grand slam against the Phillies last week. But that's okay. It you heard me ten. and Matt talk about it last week. It could have been 10 in a row, but the Phillies did win the first game of the series. Anyway. Eflin Media, baby. Um, you know, they they are only game back of the Brewers, who are on a little bit of a skid. but um, They're playing this week. Yeah. A big yeah. big match between the two of them. Uh, both. No, no, no. It's happening now. What, the Brewers and the? The Brewers and the Cubs. They yeah. just lost. They just lost two or three. The Brewers lost to the Cubs. No, the Cubs. The Cubs beat- lost two of three to the Brewers in Milwaukee. I thought you were talking about the Phillies playing the Brewers. No, 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 no. That is a big series. They played last week too, and the that was big. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll talk when we talk Phillies. But yeah, that was a <laughs> crucial series lost by the Cubs. They'd gotten first place back, and uh, then they lost those last two. They got shut out. So I mean, you know, well, well, that shouldn't happen too much more by the Cubbies, but. You know, it's a great pick by you, by the way. I did not compliment you on there. But, yeah, I think uh, I think they're another team that started a little slow, and they're definitely trending in the right direction. We saw this last year, too. But, I mean, they have by far the best – or not by far, but the best run differential in the National League. They have the third highest offense behind only the Dodgers and the surprising upstart Atlanta Braves, who uh, won today against the New York Mets. Um and really helping to extend out that lead in the division. Uh, but, no, I love that Cubs pick, Greg. Hmm. Thanks, Jordan. I love, I love your picks, too. Always. Uh, you know what? Well, let's uh, let's go to the cold teams <laughs> and see if we, we can uh, agree there. I'll let you go first. My cold of the team of the week, Jordy, is the Colorado Rockies. Okay, they just got swept by the Diamondbacks, lost the Phillies last night. Uh, currently I'm the Phillies right now, though. Currently being the Phillies, yep, right now. But, um, you know, got swept by the Dodgers um, before that. So losing to teams in their division that they cannot afford to lose to, um, that being the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, simply because, you know, when they're when you're only four games out, you need to uh, not get swept by both those teams. Uh, true. Sort of in, in the back-to-back weeks there. So um, very easy, cool team of the week for me there. Um, their offense is starting to sputter. And surprisingly, their home record, as we mentioned before, but their home record is, is so miserable, uh, 11 and 19 at home. 
So need to turn things around there in, in Colorado and start hitting the bombs that we're used to seeing from every Colorado team. Jordy, give me your cool team of the week. Yeah, so I've been going back and forth with a couple of mine. I mean, the Mets are, a pr- like you said before, it could be a, uh, a pretty obvious pick, losing nine of their last ten. I'm going to go with the Nationals, though, a little bit of a, of a weird pick, but losers of, of six of their last ten. They're still about a game and a half back of Atlanta. Um, they just lost uh, about a week and a half ago. They lost three of four to the Braves, which that was my bleacher creature, if you might remember, the virtual one mm. of the uh, Atlanta Braves social media team. Uh, but they just lost at home three to four or, or two of three, excuse me, to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they lost last night in New York. They are right now playing the Yankees and winning. Uh, it is the bottom of the eighth inning, so the Yankees have six more chances to tie it up and, and potentially uh, take the win there, but they have yeah, two I guys mean, right now. what was that? The Yankees have two guys on right now in the, in the, yeah. sorry. And, uh, updating their website as the game goes on, on their channel. Good on you ESPN. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the, the reason why I'm picking them, you lose two or three to the giants who they're, you know, they're no, tr- they're no real slouch, but still at home, when you're a game and a half back of the Braves who have been great, but you lose three or four to them, you know, you could be doing, they should be doing so much better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have all these opportunities to pounce on a team like the giants to regain this when the, when the Braves are beaten up on the New York Mets. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate to see, and it's, I mean, it's probably going to work out in the end. We're talking about with this with the Cubs, but the but you know the fact that you're not doing it right now is concerning in the snapshot of June thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, no, I mean let's call it space space. They're they're beating teams that are good and losing or that are bad and losing to teams that are decent or good. So yeah, not a good recipe um, in the long run in terms of playoffs and all that. So definitely, like you said, need to figure out take a hard look have a little players only meeting and figure out uh, you know what what they want as a team and, and what are they really expecting or are they just waiting for Bryce Harper and everyone else to leave and make their money but um, well, I got to ask you speaking of Bryce Harper did you see that a GM an anonymous National League GM called Bryce Harper a selfish losing player and he doesn't want any part of him in free agency so <laughs> my only my only thought is um Kind of like how this is gonna be a, a wild comparison, but kind of like how um, who's the receiver there with the Cowboys? Who Des Bryant? Yeah, kind of like how he gets a bad rap. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty bad. Bad reputation with the team. I mean, he's cut for a lot of those same reasons, though. Yeah, or, on but paper. I'm saying, but I'm saying, like everybody who's coached Des Bryant has loved him. Mm-hmm. Um. He's got a great rap with his teammates in terms of how hard he works, in terms of his attitude, all that stuff. And everything gets taken out of context by the media. So I don't want to say that Harper is the same, but to me, Bryce Harper has always been one of those players where he's always been the best player, right, ever. And he hasn't really cared about his team, or maybe he has, but he's always sort of been that. I'm the best. I got to prove I'm the best, you know, all because, th- you know, this kid at 14 was touted as the next best player in the world. So yeah, remember they're showing him, him hit balls across the road that was behind the outfield on yeah. Sports Center. 
Yeah, and and they and literally like I don't the kid was literally fifteen and sixteen years old and yeah. left left high school early um to like become a pro. So um it's just one of those things where he's always been that lone wolf. I'm you know I got to be the best of the best, and it's tough to sort of break that model, if you will. Um, so I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. If we're being honest, I think the guy's just saying that so he can pay him less money, whoever it may be. But uh, I think it's not any, happening. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think any GM would be lucky to have Bryce Harper. If we're being honest, I mean, oh, exactly. Like, I'm but, not necessarily in the camp that I want Bryce, especially with for the Phillies. I'm saying, um, although he'd be a an upgrade to, to what the Phillies are putting out in right field nowadays, uh, given you know injuries and whatnot, but. Um, no, he's definitely like, if I wouldn't be upset if the Phillies signed him, I'd, I'll put it that way. I'd be pretty, pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone would be uh, pumped to have him. So I did see that GM thing. And I think, uh, I think it's just ESPN as well as Yahoo and, and any other sports thing drawing out of proportion, talking about things, just to talk about things. Um, if we're being honest and having a conversation with ourselves, that's honest. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to knock down Washington after the Stanley Cup. They're like, oh, you guys are getting a little too hot. Yeah. Getting a little too hot here. Well, what happened well, to us? That was the knock on Ovi forever, too, right? He's just out there for individual stats. He doesn't care about the team, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't play defense, this and that. And everyone who's ever played with Ovi said how good of a teammate he was. And everyone loved him and blah, blah, blah. And now the guy's a world, our Stanley Cup champion. So, um, I, I, you know, it's all, it's all relative. It's all. No, exactly. It's all about knowing, you know, knowing what's actually going on in the world. But um, Jordy, American League, hopping over. Hot team of the week. Who you got? Yeah. So for my hot team of the week, I'm gonna go with the Seattle Mariners once again. Um, very happy that these guys are doing well, uh, especially on the heels of finding everything out about Bobby Cano. Um, I'm gonna tip one of my players of the week, but. Uh, one of the guys that they got in the trade from the Braves has been a great ad. I'm talking about Alex Colomb, the former Braves closer and current setup man for uh, for the Seattle Mariners. But they did take three of four from Colomb's former team down in Tampa, and they just swept the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California, of the West Coast, of the United States of America, of which America? North America. Uh they're at the uh, – it's not the kingdom, whatever the hell their field is called. Uh, but they did just sweep sweep them, and they're looking stronger and stronger every single time that we record a podcast. Their offense is really starting to click. Their pitching has been fantastic, and I think the Mariners uh, – you know, this isn't some type of fluke. I think they're going to be hanging around there. They may not win the division, but I think they have a really good shot at, at finally getting back into the playoffs. No, I agree, and and I mean the only thing that I'll say to add on to it is because um, the Red Sox are about to play them here coming up, and the big thing that they're harping on is how good uh, defensively they've been all year. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Um, they're sort of winning games by gunning people out on the base path and keeping balls in front of them in the outfield as opposed to getting in the gappers and all this stuff like that. So um, huge series between the Red Sox and. The Mariners coming up. Uh, speaking of, um, since you chose the American League West, I was hoping you would go with the American League East and say the team that is truly the hot team of the week. Um, but since you went with the West, I'm going to have to go, obviously, with the East. 
um, my Boston Red Sox, even though I don't own them, but um, <laughs> you're part of the Red Sox nation. Um, yeah, so the Red Sox obviously uh, took three out of four from the Orioles. You know, not bad. Um, or sorry, swept the Orioles um, to beat the how. How have the Red Sox, sorry for interrupting you, how have they played seven more games than the Yankees? So the Yankees had two games. I think that's what this series is now, but they had two games against the Nationals rained out, remember? Back to back. They've had a bunch of rainouts, the Yankees have, and they're playing like a bunch of doubleheaders coming up. Um, and the Red Sox. The Yankees, have, the Phillies have a five game series with the Mets in July. Yeah, that's crazy. But because of that sort of stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. The the Red Sox really haven't missed a game yet, knock on wood. Um, they did miss one game, but then they had a – they missed one game, but then they had the makeup literally the next day. So, um, like the doubleheader. So, um, Red Sox are rolling right now, and, and certainly their pitching is is what to look – what you can look at to, to make that case of why they're doing so well. Um you know, their pitching staff has been lights out and even their knuckleballer has pitched the last four games and hasn't let up a, a you know, a run. So just to go, you know, to, to call what it is there, obviously their offense is scoring a ton of runs um, with the best, uh, you know, 354 runs scored, which is the most uh, in all of baseball. I don't know if you've heard of it by a lot. 354 runs is the... It's, uh, it's uh, the, Good. Yeah, the most by a lot. So that quote, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Most go. by a lot. So they're 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 obviously crushing it moving well, and they have to be because the Yankees, as you mentioned, uh, are also on a nice little win streak of their own. But let's go Nationals. Um, <laughs> Jordy, <laughs> anything to add on the Red Sox and why they're so nasty? If not, go ahead and give me your cold team of the week. No, I was gonna uh, since. He's probably not going to pop up in our top players because his week has been – it's been good, and his whole season's been good. But with Mookie, uh, I think – I forget if it was ESPN or Yahoo that I got this this alert pop up on my phone that it says he was surprisingly leading all-star voting. That kind of – the surprising really got to me because he's leading a lot of categories batting-wise. And yeah, he was leading He was leading every category until he got hurt for yeah. like and a half. Um, and then JD Martin as Martinez, one of the most popular players on one of the most popular teams in the world. Like, how was that surprising? Yeah, and, and you're talking about a guy that should have won the MVP two years ago, um, even though he got robbed by Mike Trout, who didn't even play half the season. So, um, I agree with you, Jordy. I'm not surprised at all. No, it's crazy. I mean, it's not like a it's like it's not like he's a player in that you know losing attitude only does it for his stats type of camp like Mookie's a team guy or at least he seems that way from an outsider's perspective I mean it seems like that whole team just gels and it's always been that way with the Red Sox going back to you know the, the idiot days in two in the mid-2000s that these guys when they step into that locker room they immediately become brothers and I think that's one thing I mean baseball especially with how how much you're around these guys and how long the season goes. It's so important. And the Red Sox always seem to have that leg up on pretty much the entire competition. Yeah, no. And, and um, it's one of those things where if we're being honest, the it's the media 
the fact that how much scrutiny they get, you know, how mm-hmm. how, how much they tur- how much the media turns on the team after every loss, it's the season's over. After every win, it's we're going to win, win the World Series. There's no middle ground. It's the extremes. It's the extremes for both sides, and they have no choice but to relate with each other. You know, they have no choice yeah. but to but to connect. And I think a big part of that has been Pedroia and and guys like that who lead the way, um, sort of just sh- showing everyone, you know, like, hey, this is, you know, everything outside is tough. We got to be united in here. Um, yeah, so exactly. One of those things, but uh, the Mookie Betts thing, I, I, would, I would compare it to Jose Altuve, you know, home runs are sexy, and that's why Giancarlo and Judge get all the love. But if we're being honest, Judge strikes out more than – anyone else in the entire major league baseball and he sucks. And John Carlo, um, you know, I was a big fan of his until he decided to wear pinstripes, but even though he got traded, but, um, you know, Mookie's like Altuve, you know, where they put up all-star numbers, MVP numbers and don't get any love. And, and everyone talks about them, how good they are, but then they don't get it when it counts. So I'm, I'm pumped that he's leading the, leading the way for the all-star voting, um, for there. Jordy. My call to the team of the week, so you don't take it from me. Oh, all right. Flipped the switch. Uh, a team that's in first place. Uh, no, sorry. A team that's uh, sorry in third place. Oh, st- uh, stealing it from me just to fuck it up. Yep, in the Central uh, American League Central. That is, uh, which Central? The American League Central. Which cent- Which American League Central? The United States of America. Whatever you say. <laughs> uh, no, Jordy, I'll let you have that. stupid name. Listen, I'll let you have them. But I'm taking the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, from the American League West. A little curveball on you. That's why. Right. I, that's why I did my whole which which central thing. I was trying to be <laughs> clearly it dropped right. short. Uh, they came off a uh, impressive six game win streak, and now they're on a four game skid. Granted, they got swept by the Mariners, a team within their own division, which you can't have. Um, and then, uh, Can't do it. Yeah, no. And then of course lost to the twins and it looks like they're uh Shohei Otani, um, out for a year and a half. Yeah. It looks like he might have to have Tommy John if he plans to pitch ever again. Um, now wasn't that a concern of people's coming in? Wasn't the Tommy John or wasn't the elbow thing? Wasn't that like part of his, like teams were concerned about him? Yeah, there was something about that. I, I have to go double check with it. There were, there was something about injuries that they were worried about because I think he had like battled something in Japan. Um, yeah. But it was it was something of like it's not it's why like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Nationals, like the teams that have pi- piles of monies, the Cubs, piles of monies, uh, piles of money just to like throw at them. That's why like they weren't really jumping i think that's part of and i think that in the proximity to japan is part of how the angels ended up getting him mm-hmm. i'd have to go double check all this but that sounds right yeah no and and it's I mean, funny that the otani tracker is still on the espn tabs yeah i mean i'm not surprised by that because they're not the well we don't have to get into espn lies but <laughs> i told team of the week los angeles angels of anaheim which anaheim you got the spiel down yeah. something about north america yeah, finally, actually cold after Matty D picked them as his cold team of the week when they were on their six-game winning streak. <laughs> hey, good for him. No, uh, no, I mean, it was good on him. I mean, he's not going to take the profit nickname from you, but 
you know, it's a it's a good good little nod to you when you're not there, uh, Greg. <laughs> Jordy, give me your cold team of the week. Actually, you know what? We don't need to talk about it. Yeah, it's the Detroit Tigers. I mean, I was I was really stretching to find somebody. I mean, the real reason why, similar to me knocking the the Nationals for them not really capitalizing. I mean, the the Indians are are getting to where they should be, five games up. But you know, I mean, even them, they they could be winning more baseball games. But the Tigers really could have held on. I mean, we were all pretty low on them coming into the season. So them starting to fall off, losing two or three to the Indians. Uh, two, three to the Red Sox. Split the split the Yankees. Uh, they'd been on such a run, and now they they're uh, losing. Or no, they're winning against against uh, the Minnesota Twins. So they'll they'll gain a, they'll gain a game back there. But I mean, they could have been hanging on to this magical run they'd been on. Uh, really, that road record is is really atrocious. It's it's ten and twenty, one of the worst uh, in baseball, and the only teams that the only team that has won less road games than the Baltimore Orioles who really have fallen off the wagon. And I think a number of, <laughs> I think aside from Andy Machado, cause nobody wants to give up the prices that Baltimore's asking for him. I think a lot of players that are on that Orioles team, sorry to change gears, but I think they are them like the Cincinnati Reds. They're going to find a big haul from a lot of their, they have a, they have a marquee player Votto in Cincinnati and Machado with the Orioles, but they have a lot of other guys that are having good seasons that they could ship out for a nice little haul. True, true. And the Red Sox just played the Orioles, and Adam Jones being one of them. Yep. Um, Zach Britton just came back from injury. Their closer, who was you know the best closer, blah blah blah, a couple years ago, but he's no uh, hurt for like a full year. Yeah, he's no. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, he's not the best uh, closer in in the or in the American or American League, but also the MLB. That's of course is Craig Kimbrell. Either neither here nor there. Jordy, what's the next segment? Yeah, so we'll move on to the top <laughs> players of the week. We're going to start with the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. For those new to the program, that is the top batter of the week. Uh, you want to start NL or AL, Greg? Uh, I'm going to go NL. All right. Who do you got? Um. Well, I really wanted to pick. Cody Bellinger. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, um, good week. Th- yeah, great week. Hitting 577 this week. Uh, 11 RBIs, four home runs, and 11 runs scored for him total. Um, you know, what can we say about Paul Goldschmidt that hasn't been said before? Um, the guy does it all. He's, he's, you know, Anthony Rizzo, but not streaky. He's consistent. And, uh, you know, I would say – the heartbeat of that Arizona team and has been for a while. Um, and he, he's one of those guys that goes about his business the quiet way, does it the right way, as they say. Um, and I would say Paul Goldschmidt. 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 National League Roy Hobbs player of the week. I love it. No, and I think the other thing, too, that um, that is worth mentioning, he is the strikeout to walks ratio is five to four. Um, especially now nowadays where you're seeing a lot more strikeouts across baseball. I think just having that that ability to stay you know, around one, other players, including my guy, uh, have been under one this week. But keeping around there, especially when you're a big power hitter, uh, and like you're saying, doing it the right way, uh, it's important. you know. And it's nice to see that he's doing that. Um, but my guy, I'm going to go to St. Louis. For Jose Martinez, a different Jay Martinez, 
He went 13 for 24. That's a batting average of 552. He had five homers and a double. That's a slugging percentage of 1208. 11 ribbies, just like your guy, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, strikeouts to walk ratio of one to two. Uh, two strikeouts over four walks on the week. Uh, so you got the consistency there. He's getting on base. He's scoring runs, seven of which for the uh, Cardinals, who, you know, they're having themselves an interesting time hanging around there. A lot of people's wild card picks and uh, seeing where they're at. But we'll see. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Cardinals are hanging around there. They're now, um, you know, in the mix for that second wild card spot. They're uh, a half a game behind the Nationals. Uh, so we'll we'll see. And I mean, I think guys like him and a number of their other players that can really manufacture runs are going to be integral to can, you know, staying there. And, you know, if they want to try to get towards the first spot, catch up with the Cubs or the Brewers, whoever eventually, you know, kind of gets into that second place. Um, you know, St. Louis can certainly do that. And I think a guy like Jose can really help him out. I love it, Jordy. Uh, let's get some juice into this podcast going here. Let's pick up the tempo here. Let's get some juice, 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 juice. All right. What, what the juice is loose? Love it, Jordy. My hot player of the week from the American League. I know we want to do cold, but I'm skipping right over to hot. Yeah, Nelson hot. Cruz, outfielder, Seattle Mariners. Red Sox about to play the Mariners. I don't know if you heard the Red Sox, best team in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, he's unreal. Uh, the Red Sox are unreal. Nelson Cruz, <laughs> five home runs this past week. Uh, big week. What? It's a, it's a big week. Yeah, big week. And he had seven stolen bases. Um, or sorry, seven, seven RBI. Uh, the big problem, I would say, you know, five home runs, seven RBI, which means seeing a lot of solo dingers. You need to get some guys on base there, Nelson. But uh, with – Cano gone, Robinson Cano. I'm not sure who Bobby Cano is, but Robinson Cano, who you mentioned earlier. No, you never heard you never heard him being called Bobby? I mean, Robinson and Bobby, I don't feel are the same name, but uh, classic Red Sox fan, not not knowing the nicknames. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Nelson Cruz, uh, with Robinson Cano out, Nelson Cruz picking up the uh slugging percentage, uh, what have you. Uh, by the way, Glaber, Glaber Torres, the Yankees, quote unquote, young stud. Um, you know, this sounds like they have a new young stud every year, but they suck penis. Um, arguing balls and strike right now. Oh, with two outs. That's, uh, two outs. Vulgar the there, Greg. Jesus. Two outs in the ninth. Classic, uh, classic Yankees. But uh, Jordy, give me your hot player of the week from the American League. So I was gonna, I was gonna also pick someone from the Mariners, Mitch Haniger, um, or. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to, you know, he had a nice little walk off, uh, hit for them. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll move over. I'm going to go with Evan Gaddis from the Houston Astros. I almost said the Houston Rockets, uh, but that sport is over. Uh, he didn't have a, the best average week. He went nine for 24. So that's you know, 375, but lost boy. Let's go. What happened? Yankees lost. Let's go. Oh, Real Red Sox fan we got here. Um, but, yeah, he had he had 11 ribbies, the ties for tops with Goldschmidt Martinez, uh, three homers. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's getting it done. We didn't really talk a ton about the Astros and, and where they're at, but and we mentioned that they're right there. Uh, they'll probably regain their, their lead on the division, but they're winners of six of their last – or six straight, seven of the last ten. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's good to be a Houston Astros fan right now. And, 
a guy yeah. like Gaddis is really producing for you, it's he was, uh, always good. Yeah, true. And he was huge for them uh, all last year in the playoffs. So yeah, he was yeah, very good. No batting gloves. You definitely need him to uh, to, <laughs> to have those runs there. Yeah. Um, I love it, Jordy. Great pick. Great pick. I'm so pumped right now. So sitting on cloud nine, um, pumped that I'm uh, happy for you, Greg. Pumped the Yankees lost. Always a good thing. Uh, Jordy, move over. What's next? We got the Billy Chapel pitcher of the week. I actually have two, Greg, to combat your complaints, but I'll let you start uh, and then I'll give you my two picks. Stop. You're gonna let me go first. Yeah. Any uh, any division? Well, you want to do? Let's do. Let's start the National League. I mean, I was just going to pick two just to pick two, but uh, I was. But if you want to do league by league, we can do that as well. All right. I'm doing Brad Hand, relief pitcher, a bullpen pitcher. Yep. Be true to the bullpen card name since that is what we do, and I'm the only one who does it. Um, closer really for the. I didn't listen to my, uh, my qualifier of how, why I picked two, but okay, go on. <laughs> I had to snake it in there. Obviously. Um, Three saves on the week, seven Ks, zero earned runs, and a hold. So, um, unbelievable week from Brad Hand on the Padres, who, uh, you know, having another Padres uh, low low season there. But they are they did win seven of their last ten, and uh, he is a huge reason why. Always um, worth noting. And they beat the Cardinals and the Marlins. So no, and they and they took two out of three from the Braves. So. Some good teams, some not so good teams, but Brad Hand would be my pitcher of the week. Yeah, so throwing a, kind of building off of that, Kirby Yates, their setup man, good week for him. He had three three holds and a save, uh, pitched five innings, so uh, you know, nice nice shutdown for him to help out with Brad Hand. Uh, my so I had two. My bullpen guy is Colom. I m- mentioned him before. Had three holds and four appearances. Uh, not the best in terms of ERA because he uh, one of one of which he got shelled and uh, didn't do so well. But the other times, been a nice shutdown man for those Seattle Mariners, including in that series against Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and you know the rest of that of their full title. Then the in to save from the Khaleesi, we're going to do the John Snow intro. Um, All of it. Yeah, you 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 like the reference. Don't don't groan. Uh, but my starter of the week, I'm gonna go with, with Carlos Carrasco of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, had a nice week for himself. We we would be kicking ourselves of not mentioning him. Greg, 21 strikeouts over 14 innings. He's two and zero. Only let up one run and ten hits. That is both a whip and an ERA sub one. That is pure dominance. You're mowing people down quite literally when you're punching people out 21 times. Uh, but big, big week from him. The Indians winners five of their last 10. So they could really, they could start getting it going and really gearing it up. But I mean, just, but their pitching staff is, is firing on all cylinders right now. I'm surprised you went with that. I'm surprised you didn't go with Aaron Nola. 16. Well, I, I personally, because I know I'm going to talk about the Phillies, but you get you give me some time to talk about them. So I personally try not to pick, pick Phillies players or the Phillies for any sort of the uh, weekly awards. All right, fair enough. I'm going to go with Dylan Bundy from the Baltimore Orioles. Dylan Bundy! 
<laughs> There's the energy and the juice we need, Jordy. That's what we've been looking for, this whole pod. Um, I love it. The guy has had zero in runs uh, his last two outings. Yep. World strikeouts. A guy just mows people down. Um, also, you know, he's he's got some funky stuff, which is awesome. So a guy who, like you said, is definitely going to be hopefully sold. Uh, if not, it'll be a guy that I was thinking. I mean, he's young, so Baltimore might want to hold on to him. He's only 25, but, right. you know. True. I mean, You're he's not having wrong. himself a good year. I mean, for the most part, his ERA could be better, but. Yeah, the four and seven record is really mis- misleading because he plays for the Orioles. True, he's he's having a great year, and and his ERA on the year is unbelievable. So, um, good for him, good on you, mate, um, Jordy. Greg, let me ask you a question. Fire away, fire away, fire away, a ricochet. Tell me why the Phillies lost two out of three of the Cubs. Two out of three of the Brewers. Um, and looks like they're going to lose two out of three to the Rockies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's <laughs> not try to look ahead to the future. And they got struck by the Giants, bro. What's going on in Philadelphia? Yeah, so, well, we talked about the Giants and the Cubs series last week. But to reiterate, because the Brewers series was much like it, um, a lot of inconsistency, a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, which the Phillies did do last Sunday when they the only game they beat the Brewers in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of missed opportunities, some really shaky bullpen pitching, uh, which was something that was a concern coming into the year. I referenced before the walk-off Grand Slam, that was the second game against the Cubs where it looked like the Phillies would actually take two of the three. But that Brewers series, we talked about it on the last pod because we recorded it on Saturday, but we got the Vince Velasquez we thought we might see in that game against a good Milwaukee Brewers offense. Um, but really, I mean, the big thing with the Phils, there's uh, is really bad defense. I think they have the second to worst fielding percentage in baseball, uh, and it's really noticeable when you're watching these games. I mean, they're bad errors, Greg. Yeah. Um J.P. Crawford, who's been playing third base up until tonight, he uh, he got a night off uh, for, since coming back from the DL. But he, yesterday, the first play of the game, uh, tried to make the, the A-Rod running bare hand and throw while his body's still on his side and went completely wide right of both the runner and Carlos Santana. Uh, and, and D.J. LeMahieu easily got second base from that. Um, so right off the bat there, there's an error. Thankfully that they didn't score and Aaron Nola was able to, to mow him down. He had a great night last night. I talk about it a lot on the recap. So go check that out. If you haven't on thunderballexports.com. Um, yeah. And just to, just for those who don't read, uh, the, the, the pods and the, and the write-ups and, you know, the pods are one thing, but the write-ups and, and the stuff you got going on right now is unbelievable. And people really need to, uh, start clicking on those and reading those because, you know, I find myself, uh, I wouldn't, I want to say killing time at work, but definitely, uh, enjoying my work a little more, getting to read those, uh, every day. And I yeah, hate- try to, I'm going to try to get them up earlier. I've been kind of, kind of, uh, haphazardly getting these up in the afternoon. So apologies there today. I had a, a dumb excuse, but got in one last night, a teammate of mine in hockey. It was her birthday. So we went out for that. Uh, so it's moving a little slow this morning, but I'm going to try to get those up. I want to try to get out multiple blogs a day. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. And I hate the Phillies. So 
Um, but I still read them. I still love them. Um, I'm, glad I'm glad I'm converting you. Jordy, really tell me why Sir Anthony is the best relief pitcher in Major League after Craig Kimbrell and deserves a spot uh, in the All-Star game. Yeah, so I was thinking about this the other day. Who, you know, the Phillies up until about up until the dreaded road trip started, which that was a part of the San Francisco sweep was a part of it. But uh, you know, it was it looked like they were going to get multiple All Stars in there. Now it, it's probably going to be Aaron Nolan and probably maybe Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, he didn't let up a run until the Grand Slam that the Cubs walked off with. Um, he let up one on Sunday. So his ERA, Greg is now, I mean, get the, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's getting a little too high, Greg. It's at 1.42. So, Oh, yeah. But he's got seven holds, three saves on the year. He came in last night when Luis Garcia had himself another really shit start to the ninth inning. And and he had to pick up the pieces there, uh, inheriting the bases loaded. 1.42. Yeah. 1.42. I mean, Yikes! I mean, you know, we all can't be Keg, Craig Kimball, Keg Crimble. Uh, but I mean, think about this, Greg. He got caught up a month ago. He's made 15 appearances. He has 22 strikeouts. The guy throws hard shit when he gets in there. I mean, the whip that he has or his whip is 0.42. The guy is dominant. He is really the only guy in, in the Phillies bullpen that when he comes out. You can feel pretty confident that he's going to get it done for you. Uh, and and the crazy thing about him, Greg, is that he's 23. Like this guy, I love this guy. Where's he from? Also, what's up? Where's he from? The, the Dominican Republic. I was going to say, I wonder if his name translates to something different, but I love this guy too. I mean, I have, I mean, I love this guy, Sir Anthony. I mean, already well, funny that you ask about him because I've been getting a lot of questions. So I'm going to try to go into a, a deep dive on him at some point. So keep an eye out on that kind of tying a bow on the, uh, the blogs point. Keep an eye out for that. Point. That's probably going to come next week. We have getting a lot of questions about him because he's been up for a month. He's already pitched in 15 games. Yeah. It's absurd. But I mean, kind of answer your question. It's the, coming back to your original question from before. I mean, the rest of the bullpen, if they're coming in, whether it's Tommy Hunter, Adam Morgan, I mean, Hector Neres is basically dead to the entire city of Philadelphia. So send him down, get him, figure out what the hell he needs to do. Uh, don't, I mean, he probably is hanging out with Markel Fultz's trainer. That's probably what his issue is and why he's such a fucking head case. But um, a little Sixers talk in there for you. But um, yeah, the bullpen issues are a little inconsistent. And the Phillies have a really hard time. They've had this for for longer than, Longer than the road trip since before the road trip two weeks ago, uh, but maybe for three or four weeks. But they've really struggled of stringing together base runners. They're a very good team at drawing walks. They showed it before the broadcast tonight. They're the only team with multiple batters with 35 walks or more, uh, and they have three of them. It's Reese Hoskins, Carlos Santana, and Cesar Hernandez. Damn. Uh, their batting averages may not be where we want them to, but they're drawing walks. They're getting on base. They're just – not batting. So they're not really driving in runs when they have these opportunities. Um, so if they can start, I mean, their batting averages aren't going to be shit all year. And I think that's the crazy thing. The fact that they're going to now be four games back because they're about to lose. If that hasn't gone final yet to the Rockies and the Braves won today, but you're sitting, you know, two games behind the Washington nationals and they're the second wild card team right now. 
Um, you know, you're you're not in the worst position in the world to be in, and the team's incredibly young. So I'm still pretty confident going forward. I love it. I love it. Um, Jordy. Yeah. Who would you say uh, offensive MVP for the team quickly? Uh, give me one name this year so far for the Philadelphia Phillies. Ooh, offensive MVP. Yeah, it's tough because the last time you asked me this, it was a toss-up between Odubel Herrera and Michael Franco, who the latter of whom lost his his starting job to J.P. Crawford, who's uh, making a millionaires, and Odubel Herrera's batting average has done nothing but plummet. Uh, I'm going to go with Carlos Santana wow. just because of the fact that he really does – I mean, he's the motor that, that really helps to drive in a lot of these runs. Um, not that Franco, who's – now uh, he's now in fourth because Hoskins and, and Herrera are tied for second. But Santana has 37 RBIs. He's 10 homers. Uh, I mentioned before he has the really subpar batting average of, of 219, but his on-base percentage because he has walked 44 times on the season, Greg, it is up to 343. Uh, so once he starts getting on base more via the base hit, because, uh, I mean, he should be able to do that. I think it's going to be, you know, that on-base percentage is going to be stellar, and I think he's going to remain as a integral piece to this Phillies lineup. Um, you know, obviously not a long-term play, um, but he's been great at defense too. I know you asked for offense, but he's definitely been a good staple on the, uh, the yeah, defensive no. side of the diamond as well. Yeah, no, and, and I think the best, biggest thing that he has going for him is his walks. Um, you know, he's, he's already drawn 44 walks, but I mean, it sounds like you just hate Abdul Herrera. And I think the people want to know why. Um, well, I don't hate Odubel Herrera. I'm a big El Torito fan. I mean, but last time it was between Odubel Herrera and C- and Cesar Hernandez. And now it's between Odubel Herrera and Carlos Santana. And well, Abdul Herrera and Michael Franco. Right. Michael um, Franco. But I'm just saying like, if, if Abdul Herrera is always there, you keep picking him seconds, like filling the U S open. But uh, oh, there it is. He's pretty. Give me a. Uh, no, I mean, he's. Odubel Herrera is. I mean, he leads the team in batting average of, of qualified players. He has seven homers, 33 ribbies. Um, I mean, the one thing that, that I really would knock against him, his stolen bases are down, uh, which he's never been. I mean, he's the center fielder, so you'd want that up there. And the Phillies, just in general, for how small and quick of a team they have. They only have one guy that's even that's in double digits and stolen bases. And that's Cesar Hernandez at 10. Um, but the one thing I guess that always kind of holds me back with a duel is that he always seems to get up in situations late in ball games with runners, either in scoring position or on base. And he always seems to strike out. He's struck out 53 times. Um, we talked about this last week, but to reiterate, the Phillies already set a team record, Greg, for 10 strikeout games in a single season. They did this on June 6th. <laughs> I mean, that's a that seems like a weird concerned laugh. I mean, it's I mean, I would hope you'd laugh at them more instead of acting like I'm just some unfunny person. But listen, listen. Listen, I'm laughing at the fact that – I'm laughing at the Phillies, yes, but I'm laughing at the fact that 
that you make it seem like teams don't strike out. I understand 10 strikeouts is absurd as a team. You should never have that many strikeouts. But when you look at some of the guys in, around the league and they get starting pitchers, they average, you know, 10 strikeouts a game, 12 strikeouts a game. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's not unheard of. Okay. It's just, the strikeouts is a – there's a, a lot. The Phillies strike out a lot, so it's tough – when you see that, especially late in a ball game, it just always seems like he has those opportunities. And the fact that he was doing so well, you know, a month ago, and and really that's what I've been seeing for the last four weeks is Odubel Herrera's batting average going from in the 340s to now 283. It's gone down 60 points. Uh, you know, it was a, it's been a rough go for him recently. So yeah, the, but the, that bad we're... taste is is what's making him the the Phil Mickelson. If we're being honest here, Jorge Alfario struck out 70 times in the year. I don't know where you're getting the – Cesar uh, Hernandez, 65 times. Yeah, he's Reese. in the middle of the pack amongst the Phillies starters. Your boy Reese, 63. Aaron Altair, 60. Scott Kingery, 56. And then you get Abdul Herrera. And Carlos Santana is a 30. But the point is that you know there's a lot of guys who strike out a lot more than him on the team. But I understand why you're frustrate, where your frustration stems from. Um, you know, it's kind of like a crazy move. Um, Jordy, I'm not sure if you guys talked about it last week, but I understand the money thing with, with Hanley Ramirez and, and, you know, not wanting to pay him and blah, blah, blah. Um, but tell me why a major league team has not signed Hanley Ramirez yet now that he's a free agent. Yeah. So is it, did he, how does it work with baseball? Does he, when they clear waivers, does he just go down or they completely cut him? So they put him on waivers, and nobody he, claimed uh, him. So is he in, is he with the Paw Sox? He no, no, no. He's not with the Paw Sox. He's a free agent. So okay. so he, the Red Sox are paying him. So a team basically just signs him, and the Red Sox pay him to play uh-huh. on another team. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, where would you think would he fit in? In terms of that, I mean, is if. If that's the case, or I mean, do they have to? It, I mean, let's talk about. It. I mean, Cleveland needs power. Um, Seattle could use a bat with Cano out. Um, you know, Cleveland Don- has a DH and a first baseman, though. So Who like, does? Cleveland does. Like yeah. that, those are really where you put them as first base or DH. So I'm trying to think of teams that like that need that. You know, all right. What about Seattle? contention and like would want to bring on another person? What about Seattle? Yeah, I guess Seattle might need him. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe there's talks of it right now. I mean, Minnesota. Although they got Joe Maurer. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I guess I get maybe they're right. Maybe that's maybe that's his biggest problem. Yeah. But you're talking about a guy who was a shortstop his whole career, and and so he can play different positions in the field. That's true. He can play different different ones. But I mean, I guess it just has to do if you're a team in contention of. Do you want to, especially because it's the middle of June, like, do you want to give up on a guy that you've invested in, in either, you know, as a prospect or you traded prospects for uh, and bring on this guy? I mean, I guess on the flip side, you're giving him time to get meshed with the team and, and really get back into his groove. But, you know, it's a, it, that, that's a really good question. I'd be, I'd be interested in seeing if there's, you know, where he goes and if there is any update on that, on that front. Damn. Listen, Jordy. Any bleacher creatures this week? Because I got a couple, and I want your opinion on them. 
Yeah, so I do have a couple. Um, so we don't cross over. I'll let you start uh, with one of your bleacher creatures. Um, so first and foremost, uh, did you see Noah Syndergaard get tossed and then Collins, the manager there, his, his little interaction with the umps? What, from a couple years ago? Uh, was this a couple years ago? Yeah, this was a couple years ago. It's just gone viral now? Yeah. Really? Indeed it has. Are you sure? I am pretty sure because their their current manager is named Mickey Calloway. All right, you got that. <laughs> you got that. So <laughs> it must have been a couple years ago then, I guess. Anyway, yeah. doing, he, doing Stevie G justice, then you know what? I'm not going to give mine. Go ahead. Give me <laughs> yours. So I have one that uh, you might have seen, but it's the Omaha Storm Chasers bullpen have you seen this greg yeah so there the one video that went viral on the minor league baseball account uh is these guys who their bullpens in the outfield it's right by the pitch clock because they have that in in minor league baseball but these guys are going ape shit they're doing the wave one guy has a hose that he's spraying they're carrying another dude like a battering ram and pretending to like i don't like just go completely ape shit it's nuts I mean, it's what you need. It's the kind of just attitude. It's like when you see the the dance-off contests and rain delays in the college baseball tournament, which uh, that is uh, getting to the final stages of the College World Series. A quick update there. But, yeah, those are those are my – that's my pick. I'm going to try to share that video on the uh, the blog portion of this. So if you're listening to it on that, just scroll down a little bit. If not, thunderblogsports.com, and you'll see the uh, the new pod post. That's where you can find that link. I love it. So then, it's a great one so far. Uh, great College World Series guy. I know you love the College World Series, so I'm excited to see that blog post. Oh yeah. Um, so well, I, I'm not. I just don't know enough to write to like cover it. I like watching it, but I'm not the best at talking it. You know. Right. So my thing uh, today in the game between the Cubs and the Brewers. I'm not sure if you saw this. Um, Joe Madden being doing Joe Madden things, okay, brings in a right-handed relief pitcher, okay, brings in a right-handed relief pitcher. He throws, the uh, guy gets on first. He moves the right-handed relief pitcher to left field, brings in a left-handed relief pitcher. The left-handed relief pitcher p- faces Eric Thames, gets him to ground out. He brings the right-handed relief pitcher from left field to the mound and puts the left-handed relief pitcher in left field. So they swap positions. Interesting. Okay. The right-handed pitcher gets his strikeout, gets out number two. He brings the left-handed pitcher back in from left field to the mound and puts Wilson Contreras out in left field for the final, uh, well, hopefully for the final out. And the left-handed pitcher gets a fly ball out to Wilson Contreras, ending the inning. So uh, four batters faced. Two pitchers, and he instead of taking them out of the game, left, right, left, right, he just decided to switch, uh, just switch them between left field and pitching. Uh, a move I don't think we've ever seen allowed, uh, or not allowed, but ever seen before. Uh, is this Joe Madden doing Joe Madden things, or is he revolutionizing? Uh, do we think the sport? Well, I think right now it's Joe Madden doing Joe Madden things, but I mean, it is something that I mean. I don't know if you necessarily see it in college baseball or in, in college baseball games to that degree, 
But a lot of those guys played outfield or like in the case of college baseball, a lot of their outfielders are also relievers. So, I mean, it's not the most, it's not the most, you know, completely not to be punny, but completely out of left field idea that there's ever been. But um, yeah, I mean, moving around players and, and it's an interesting concept and of instead of, and I'm sure baseball probably fucking loves it too, because they don't have to worry about then of uh, how much they're, you know, because you don't have to go to a commercial break because the guy has to warm up. He's in the game. So it's just a def- basically it's a defensive shift in a defensive defensive realignment. Uh, so it's, you know, it's actually a, you know, kind of a genius move. But yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends on if you want to use it going forward to answer the second part of your question. If you, know that that guy's arm like he's not gonna be i guess if if you have a guy pitch two innings anyway it's the same thing because they're waiting five you know they're waiting in that case like 10 15 minutes but there he's waiting five minutes in between batters but it's an interesting idea i did not see that that happened i'm looking at it now the two pitchers were uh brian densing and uh i'm gonna fuck up this guy's name but steve shizik did i yeah. pronounce his name Yep. And they pitched in the eighth inning. They were losing one nothing. Um, so you know why not try some something else? If you especially if you know that these are your two guys. So I mean, Densing pitched really well against the Phillies in the the outing that I saw him in. Um, so you know why not? And if he's your guy and you trust in him, go forward. I mean, that's sort of what Joe Madden does. He you know he is a is a you know players guy, and you know they love playing for him. So I'm sure they'll follow him. You know any which way he takes them. I love it. Do you have another uh, another one? Because I have one more if you got another one. Yeah, the one I have, Matty D and I were talking about this. Uh, we didn't talk about it on the pod, but we were talking about this offline. Uh, did you see the baseball fight that turned into basically a WWE brawl? No. So it's – I it's I don't, I, I don't know who, who specifically it is, but a fight breaks out. A guy charges the mound or starting to charge them out. And a guy comes off the bench, gets picked up by the pitcher that is getting charged at. And as he's picking him up, you see a guy on his team come off the bench and basically clothesline the guy, the pitcher is holding up a la, and the CBS sports account holds up a WWE clip of basically the same thing. The guy just getting completely leveled. Like, yeah. It is a complete savage move, and it's just completely nuts. I love it. I mean, is there anything greater than a baseball fight that actually turns into a fight? Because how often do we see the benches clear and nothing happens, and they always show it, nothing happens, nothing happens. Yeah, so, like, the benches clear, and it turns into a fucking like, fish concert. Everybody's sitting there kind of swaying around. And this is minor league baseball, right? Yeah, it's minor league baseball. Crazy. Can you yeah, imagine? That's nuts. What, what's the other one you have? Can you imagine, like, imagine going to a minor league game? It's supposed to be, you know, they 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 treat it as kid friendly, and they yeah. they try and make it seem like, you know, kids are first, and blah blah blah. And you turn around, and like you said, a, a, an absolute brawl breaks out. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen Brockmire yet? Yeah. Well, the first season. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah the first season where he where he incites the fight in the stands. <laughs> for those who don't know Brock Meyer, you should go watch it yeah, um, if you have Hulu and you're a baseball fan which you obviously are because you're hearing Greg and I just 
talk about baseball fights in WWE. Uh, go watch it. I think it's like episode four, but it's go watch the whole thing. You're going to piss your pants laughing within five minutes of the first episode. But first, make sure you read the uh, Thunderblog uh, US Open blog, which uh, will be a great segue uh, if I didn't have another bleacher creature. But it would have been a great segue because I'm such a segue king. You really are. You introduced the the uh, the segments well. Uh, segue king, if you. <laughs> um, Chris, your regular Joe Bluth. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Dale. Today, get this right. He gets six inning, uh, walks the first two guys, is pissed because both both ball fours a three two count both times. Both ball fours were. Uh, he thought were strikes, and according to the little box that the Red Sox have on Nesson, they were strikes. Um, and he lost his shit at the umpire. I mean, Cora came out and took him out of the game, right? Cora took him out of the game, and on his way to the dugout, on his way to the dugout, he he goes, you were horseshit today, Blue. You were dog shit. Um, those calls were, were – he used a couple more curse words about how terrible they were and all this other stuff, so – um, he went off off the rails and off the deep end uh, on this umpire. Mind you, he was already taken out of the game, right? He was already walking to the bench, uh, and the ump throws him out of the game, and, and Chris Dale mockingly applauds, applauds him because he's like, good job, bud. I'm already out of the, out of the effing game. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Have we gotten – this is like Chris Dale cutting the, the White Sox throwback jersey. This is the crazy – have we gotten this in Boston at all, or is this the first glimpse? This is, the, this is the Chris Sale I think you need. This is the this is 100% of the Chris Sale we need. This is the yeah. first glimpse. This is the first glimpse of him really going off the the rails for something. Um, and it's crazy because it really is like one of those things where he, he's already walking out of the game, right? Yeah. He's take it out. He's let the ump know. Right, is he gonna try to kill a Yankee? Yeah, like hey, like, uh, is this? Like I'm, I'm really hoping this is what we're. This is the trajectory we're going towards. I would love that. I would yeah. love, absolutely love that. Like uh, they get but, into a fight and he just comes flying out of the, comes flying out either from the bullpen or from the dugout, like with like a like like a stool or something that the that the manager's sitting on. Alex Cora said not. <laughs> or pull a Manny or pull a Pedro and just throw Don Zimmer to the ground. Uh, <laughs> maybe 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 he'll throw Aaron Boone out out the club and 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 we can be done with with. Aaron Boone's little brother, or Brett Boone's little brother. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's fantastic! I saw I got kicked out of the game. I haven't seen a video of it. I'm gonna try to find that for the blog portion of this. But, but he uh, literally, he literally, like, literally was taken out of the game by Cora, and then just on his way out, was like, "You were horseshit today. Like, you fucking suck." Good job, bud. Good job. Yeah, and the ump felt the need to throw him out, even though he's literally going to the dugout anyway. Like, what are we doing? Umpires are, um, some umpires are just fucking. So sensitive. I remember Shane Victorino got tossed from a game because a ball got or a strike got called a ball, and he threw his hands up in the center field, and he got thrown out immediately from yeah. the game. And he came sprinting in to, to cement the throw out and scream at the umpire. But it was like some of them are just fucking they they have ter- terrible terrible yeah or terrible uh manners if you listen will. listen so so. Pull some editing guru, put my Chris Sale segment in before, and then we can do our segment thing after, right? No, I like that we fucked up the transition. Because, I mean, <laughs> really, we mentioned, you know, because it's like we're Phil Mickelson. You know, you can't just can't get it done right. Um, plus, you know, we had that, plus we had that, like, 
five to ten minutes where I couldn't hear a word you were saying, and I don't know. Oh, yeah. if you could hear well, that's going to be edited out, so I, I everybody's just going to be like, oh, yeah, they, they thought that was five to ten minutes. Greg just paused a little bit, and Jordy went, um. <laughs> You're going to think I paused. No. Uh, anyway, uh, Jordy, uh, haven't had a chance to read your U.S. Open blog since it just yeah. up. Well, it went up right before we started recording, so it's been up for about probably 12 hours by the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, give me general uh, audience. Give me, give me, give me your 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 head your head pick. Obviously, not your hard pick, but give me your head pick. Yeah. So my head pick is Jason Day. Mm. I think he wins at two over. Oh. I think the way that I've been seeing on a number of different accounts that I follow um, from guys that have gotten to walk the rope in between the ropes today, um, you know, guys that have taken, you know, practice rounds there, uh, whether it be on media day or actual pros and what they're talking about, how it's playing. I think it's going to play pretty tough. Uh, this is the fifth U S open that Shinnecock's ever hosted um, for the fourth and the quote modern era. Um they hosted the second ever U.S. Open in 1896, but then 1986, Raymond Floyd won. 1985, Corey Perry won, or Corey Pavin. Um, 2004 with Retief Goosen, and, and obviously starting on Thursday. Um, a lot of people's, are, or a lot of people's top, or maybe not top pick, but a lot of people are are liking Phil Mickelson's chances there. He obviously finished T or second, not even T two, just second uh, in 04. He was two strokes behind Retief. He was four strokes behind Corey Pavin back in 1995. So he's played it very well. He's played the New York courses very well in the U.S. Open. Obviously, the uh, meltdown in Wingfoot in 2006 is the one that everybody remembers. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Day. I think he he's won twice of the guys that I was considering, and you can t- you, you'll see this in the blog. I picked guys that – or I talk about guys who have won this year – uh, I think that's going to be really important because I think it's going to play so tough. Um, I didn't necessarily think it had to be a big hitter, so I didn't rule out Dustin Johnson. I think he can carry a lot of momentum from last week um, and could potentially be the first person to win the weekend before the U.S. Open and the U.S. Open. But the big hitter and the way that Shinnecock can play, I think if you're not – in striping your driver which no one ever hits 14 of 14 fairways and around uh that rough is going to be so thick that i think playing the more conservative game which a guy like phil can do tiger's gonna do because of how shitty he's been hitting his driver uh, and he hit three wood a lot at the valspar when he finished uh second um i think a guy like day though that can play consistently he's one of the better iron players uh and he's won twice he won twice at major quality or major caliber courses. Uh, he won at Torrey Pines us open course and at quail hollow, which hosted the PGA last year. Uh, so I, I, I really like his chances and I think it's crazy that he only has one major and guys like Zach Johnson, Martin Keimer, they have two. So I think, uh, this is a perfect time for him to jump on and get his second major. I love it. I love it. Um, and I know you mentioned briefly, Justin Thomas in there, but, um, I didn't actually, but he, he has a good shot at it too. Sorry. In your blog. I, I just want to say something last year, Jordy, last year you decided to put Brooks Kepka in your write up and said, has a, has a really good chance to win. I did for your 2017 write up. Now you picked Rory and you had to cut at plus five. 
Yeah, I was dead wrong on the cut. Um, I did have Kepka in there. I've only actually, on the official pick on a major, I've only gotten one right, and it was Rory at 2014 in the PGA. And I was off by a stroke on the winning on the winning score. Not a big deal, but I have mentioned winners as like the stories to watch, but I've only picked one. Listen, but you still had him in there. You were yeah. still you still had him in there. I'm a big Kepka guy. I like him a lot, and I I mean like, I don't know if he's going to be the first repeat major winner since fucking Padre Carrington ten years ago, but uh, you know he could. I mean he hits the ball well enough. It's just. The only thing that I'd be concerned with him is that wrist injury. And I think in that, if he is a little shaky with his driver and he's in that rough, I think that that's going to be tough with a sore wrist, but he's played well since he got back from the injury. I agree. Um, so I really want Ricky to win. Uh, yeah. Only, Ricky would be nice. Is, is inconsistent. I love Ricky. Um, Spieth doesn't putt well enough. And I feel like you have to be a good putter in order to win this tournament. Yeah. Uh, this week, although Spieth would be my other choice. Um, someone who is a good putter, Justin Thomas, who, as you just mentioned, um, you know, obviously we're all pulling for, for Eldrick, but oh, yeah. um, I would, in my personal opinion, I love, I love Ricky, huge fan, love Spieth, huge fan. Um, I really don't want Justin Rose to win. I know you put him in your, in your blog there. I'm a big but- Justin Rose guy. And I know you are, but I, I really am not. That's the really? Guy. How come? He's the one who took Tiger's caddy, right? No, that's that's Adam Scott. Well, they look the same. Sorry, no, they don't. What? No, they don't. No, they're tall white guys with brown hair. Yeah, it's half of the PGA Tour. <laughs> uh, well, whoever whoever the guy was that took Tiger's to caddy, Adam Scott, I hate him. Yeah, I... I will admit when he blew the in the open championship, I think it was in 2012 and Ernie Ellis comes out to win it. Uh, but he blows like a three stroke lead with four holes to play. Uh, I was pretty happy mainly because, because of Stevie Williams, Tiger's old caddy and Stevie was a fucking dickhead. I mean, he was with a dickhead, so he had to be, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. Go Tiger's Tiger. just more of a psycho. Go Tiger. Uh, the other yeah. crazy thing this weekend, Jordy, besides the Mariners Red Sox, not a big deal. Uh, NBD. Um, Jordy, if you're not watching the U.S. Open, what are you watching? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll have that on. I'm probably tomorrow during the day. I'll have uh, the World Cup on as well. But baseball wise, uh, there's a there's a couple of good series out there. I mean, I know you're going to have your your eyes peeled on the Mariners and the Red Sox, which that'd be a fun playoff series, wouldn't it be? It Seattle would, and Boston going at it. It would be in, in King Felix uh, in the playoffs. Uh, it's always fun. Yeah. Has he ever gotten there? Well, didn't they make the playoffs like two years ago or last year? They made the playing game or I thought it was last more. year. They got close. I don't think they made it though. Well, maybe he's never made it. Yeah. He might not have. Um, I'm watching the world cup, but Jordy, give me a baseball yeah. series to watch and then we can get into our world cup pick. Go. Oh, man, your World Cup is going to be better than mine. But, yeah, obviously that's going to be on as well. But baseball-wise, uh, well, I'm going to be keeping an eye out on, uh, obviously, the Phillies and the Brewers. I'll be recapping that here, so stay tuned. But one that I that I do really like 
it's an interesting one, but I'm going to really keep an eye out on the Cubs and the Cardinals. We mentioned St. Louis. They're hosting this series. Uh, a number of good pitching matchups. You got John Lester versus Michael Waka on Friday. You got Kyle Hendricks versus Carlos Martinez on Saturday. And then Sunday Night Baseball, you got Jose Quintana versus Jack Flaherty. And Flaherty's been pretty hot as of late, so that could be a, a real barn burner of a pitcher's duel, Greg. I love it. Uh, a big fan of that pick, Jordy. Yep. Uh, I'm going Dodgers and Giants. That's a good uh, always a good, always a good, uh, you know, when those two. Bumgarner back, man. What? Bumgarner back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I think they haven't pitched on Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Oh uh, no, I have Saturday here on the uh the Saturday. schedule. Perfect. So, yeah. I mean the those two are always fun, and uh, the the Dodgers got a little scuffle today, so good for them. Um, so gonna be fun. Uh, hoping Longoria jokes per usual. Um, but Jordy. World Cup pick, are you going with the favorites uh, or are you picking someone else? Uh, who's the favorite, Spain? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to pick them. They're always, I mean, they're always right there and they're they're pretty dominant, at least from my understanding. Um, you know, I'm just excited to watch it. It's, I mean, I watch, I want to watch more soccer. Uh, so, you know, it's fun to, I had a buddy in college that was really into it. And he, Brazil, uh, sorry, Brazil is the favorite. Brazil is the favorite. I'm going to go with Spain though. Cause Spain, uh, you know, they always, they're sneakily good, even though not a big fan of uh, the Spanish golfers and Spanish tennis players. Cause they whine a lot and their soccer players get into that way too. But you can, when you're, uh, when you're that good, I just don't think Sergio and, and Rafa, you know, they, they should be whining that much in an individual sport. But yeah, the soccer players, they uh I mean, I just remember eight years ago when they won and they were just so dominant they could grind it out. I remember they had that awesome goal off the corner kick. I think it was in the semifinal, but uh I'd like to see that again. And I mean, I think I don't know if they won the Euro two years ago, but they've won it a couple times uh since that World Cup victory, or at least once since the World Cup victory. So, you know, for a guy that knows really nothing about soccer, I'm gonna go with uh one of the best teams in the world. <laughs> yeah, the only thing wrong with that pick is how old they are. Um, you know, they're, tell, tell me about how I'm wrong because I really know nothing about these teams. Well, no, when they won, Jordy, all those guys virtually are back, right? So they have a new goalie. So their team is super old. You're talking about two World Cups ago that they won. Yeah, right? eight years ago. Yeah. So all those guys are not old is a, is a loose term there because they're still in their 30s, but they're all older. Um, Brazil just won the, the Olympics two years ago. So everyone, uh, granted the Olympics were in Rio, so everyone has them going pretty far. Yeah, but isn't like the, isn't the men's Olympics for soccer, isn't it like U23 team? It's not like the actual, like real deal. Right. You're right. But yeah. all those players are now. They're now on the, like the real deal team. Right. Um, Spain is a good pick, Jordy. Thirteen to two odds. They're 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 the third best odds out there. Um, but France is also a sleeper pick. A lot of people are picking. Uh, a lot of people want Messi in Argentina to win, um, just so he can get his 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 uh, you know uh, World Cup because he doesn't have one. Uh, obviously, neither does uh, Cristiano, who's won about nine Champions League. But uh, I'm going Germany. Uh, repeat champs. Um, the Germans. They're my big reason. Uh, I love Mueller, and uh, I 
only play with Germany when I play FIFA, so. Mm. <laughs> mm, that's good. <laughs> I mean, why not pick that way? You know? I mean, if it works for me in FIFA, I mean, you're right. Why would it not work no. uh, outside of that? But, um, no, it, it's going to be – it's going to be – also, we'd be remiss we didn't mention North America, U.S., Canada, and Mexico just won the bid for 20-whatever, 20 yeah, 2026, right? Eight years right. from now? Um, and the, the field eight years from now is expanding. Yeah. It's like a four, it's like the first ever, what is it going to be, 48 teams, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, hopefully all three countries get a bid so the U.S. doesn't have to qualify. But <laughs> that'd be kind of crazy. But I guess, like, at 48 teams, you might as well throw them all in. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Qatar is the next one. But uh is that still is it still there? They yeah. didn't revoke that? You're yep, still there. They got the money, they're building the stadiums. I mean you, you once you build the stadiums, you can't you can't take that away from my country, right? Yeah, I guess so. A I country mean, that no one ever the heard stadiums of are, the stadiums are still uh you know, the ones that ones from Brazil are still uh doing so well doing well, right? <laughs> they are the sweatshops going on in Brazil. <laughs> You're right. Uh, um, yeah, but, no, Jordy, listen, are you nervous for Russia at all? What if uh, it's going to be rigged for the Russians moving on? No, just, you know, if, if the Russian crowd does anything uh, out of the ordinary. I mean, isn't the world, the World Cup in general is just, it's like EPL soccer on steroids, right? Just in general. <laughs> I mean, it's a little different because you get, you get, people who just go to go because they want to say they went to the world cup. So it's not like you have a whole stadium full of, of one soccer. Hooligans, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do obviously to an extent. Um, but like when it was in Brazil four years ago, um, obviously the Brazilian crowd was nuts um, for their games, but um, you know, like the U S games, they sold out, but you know, it was still pretty even crowd. Um I mean, obviously, you get countries who travel better, like no Asian country. Although Asian, the Asian countries might be good for Russia. Um, you know, they might actually travel to Russia, but none of them have a shot. So, and neither here nor there. Uh, Jordy, any last things you got for the pod? Uh, any last things you want to round up with uh, before we call it a pod and, and have a great one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to go to the Phillies game on Thursday. It's an afternoon game. It's Jim Tomey Day, celebrating his the anniversary of his 400th home run that he hit as a Philly. Not a big deal. He hit 600 home runs, getting into the Hall of Fame finally. Um, yeah, so it would be cool to see him. He was, for the short of a time that he was a Philly, it was, uh, it was cool. So if you're listening to this before 1 o'clock on Thursday, uh, keep an eye out on our social media accounts because I'll – I may or may not be there. I'm still undecided. Um, I think Emily and I are going Monday, so definitely keep an eye out for that for Game of Thrones night. So uh, definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. And I think that's against the Cardinals. So that should be a fun series. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing too much else. I'm excited for this weekend. Um, Going to be I mean, playing some even, golf with some buddies, and then with my dad on Sunday for Father's Day. But I'm excited to watch the golf. I'm excited to watch some soccer, some baseball. We didn't uh, even mention the best thing that's going on this weekend. Well, we got the golf. We got the World Cup. What else we got? The release of The Incredibles 2. Oh, fu- oh man, you're right. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean that I mean that could wait until for me, I could watch it anytime next week. But yeah, I mean I how mean, pumped are you? I mean, I don't know why you would say that. I mean, let's let's not let's I mean Incredibles might be one of my favorite, if not favorite. Yeah. For Greg in high school, like real non relatable from us, but you Greg in high school used to yell out, Where's my super suit? I mean all the fucking time. Jordy, I don't know why you think it would change. I still scream out good, good. incredible lines all the time. That's the, best, that's the best part of that fucking trailer, too. When he go when he's on the phone when Samuel Jackson's character Frozone's on the phone with Mr. Incredible, be like, I'll be right there. And you just hear his wife yell, Where are you going? You better not be late. <laughs> she he goes, he goes, I'll be there ASAP. And she's like, You better be back, ASAP. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> I think it's gonna be really fucking good. Um, uh, did you see the Ringer did a the definitive rankings of all the Pixar movies? No. Uh, I forget where Incredibles ranked. It was top five, but uh, it was interesting because they did like there's 18 movies, so they voted on their top tens like a Hall of Fame vote almost, and just gave out points that way. Yeah. Um, so coming in tied for last because they didn't get any votes were Cars two and three. Uh, I have not seen either of those. And then The the Good Dinosaur, which I did not see. So I'm glad know. they came in last and they got zero votes. So I didn't feel bad not seeing it. But uh, it was an interesting list. If you haven't checked it out and you're a big Pixar fan, go read that. Um, might inspire you to go watch one of them. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point. I forgot that the movie was coming out. Listen, go read the Thunder blog. Before you do anything else, go read the U.S. Open uh, blog. I uh, just read it during this pod. Loved it. Um, <laughs> that, that a boy, Greg. That a boy. But a, always plug in the game. Always plug in the game. Jordy, give us, give us the, give us the ads uh, to follow the blog and and the sports on all the different apps and venues and and outlets and blah blah blah. Actually, you know what? Give the website. I feel like we never give the website. Give the website. Well, we gave it like fifteen times in this podcast. But yes, thunderblogsports.com is where you can check out all these blogs. Thunder B L G. On Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, um, and on Facebook, but our Facebook page isn't really that uh, too much to write about. But uh, yeah, the Instagram and the Twitter, we uh, we love to update both myself, Maddie D. Uh, we should get the keys over to you when you go to Red Sox games, but uh, that's you and I can talk about that offline. Yeah, but yeah, there, I mean, I was there the other day for Adele's Lemonade. There you go. Yeah, well, Paulie P's Twitter or Instagram stories, by the way, when he's on the field, those are fire. Yeah, I mean, he... That's Greg's cousin. I know we're being real relatable, but... Yeah, yeah. anyway, we can talk about it after, but... uh, Thunder BLG uh, on the Twitter, great follow. Um, You know, a little little too much uh, Philly retweet, but uh, I guess that comes with the territory and it keeps... Yeah, it's who's controlling the account. So, I mean, we want the keys and get some Red Sox coverage in there. We uh, could retweet some of your personal tweets. We could do that too. Uh, We'll talk. We'll talk offline. I think that's going to do it for us though. Greg, thank you as always. Jordy, thank you. Go Tiger. Uh, Go Sox per usual. And... uh, I mean, go Patriots because we're almost in football season. Yeah, that's a really good point. We're going to have to start figuring out how we're going to do our college football coverage. Quickly, though, if Tiger wins, how big of a fucking party is he going to throw on privacy or privacy, however the fuck you pronounce his yacht's name? 
I mean, the guy brought a yacht out to the Hamptons to to get away from everyone, and all he did was draw attention to himself by stopping in every single port uh, <laughs> on the way down from wherever or the way up from wherever he came from, probably Florida. Can I give you a quick theory? Yeah. Do you think is, – is this summer when Kevin Durant can opt out of his Warriors contract? I believe so. So I think he's going to opt out, but he's going to resign. But he's only going to opt out so they can have a Hamptons boys thing and somehow pop up on Tiger's yacht like on Saturday. Damn. Know, like, I'm pretty sure none of this can happen because free agency doesn't start until July. But let's just say it does so that we can have some crazy Hampton shit. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I'm I'm – I'm wanting I'm wanting more than anything for Tiger to win. Um, you know, he's he is who we watched growing up, um, reading his book. I might be able to jump in on the on my dad's bet. So for those that don't know, my dad has an over under of basically does Tiger ever win a major? Uh, I might be able to jump in on this bet. My dad is a firm believer in the no of that yes he does in mid round Sunday afternoon, which might make that awesome because he and I are playing golf Sunday morning. So that could be, uh, could be interesting, but yeah, tell your bet, tell your dad. Um, I hate him one and two, uh, I'll bet against him any day, any time, any place. Yeah. Well, we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep that posted, but yeah, I mean, before we really ramble I love, on, I love that the listeners have no idea why your dad and I have a rivalry, but I love it. No, it's good. It, it got always keep them wanting more, but that's going to do it for us. That'll be the story for next time. Yeah. Sorry for next time. We'll uh, yeah, we'll always leave it for next time. We'll do that. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you leave a review on iTunes, five stars only. Uh, Follow us on all the social medias. You want all of that. But that is gonna do it for this week's episode of the bullpen cart. For my man Greg, the Prophet Piatelli, I am Canel, the G Man. Have a good night, everybody. Have a great weekend, and go Phils. Go Sox.